We are simplifying and explaining something that you probably hear a lot about. I'm talking about your commodity marketing plans and people that swim in this pool know a lot about it and they just toss around terms like puts and calls and all this kind of thing. And you know what? A lot of you probably are afraid to admit you don't really completely understand it. Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast where you'll learn from the experiences of America's most innovative and successful farmers as they shorten your learning curve, increase your yield, ROI, and profit. This episode of Cutting the Curve is brought to you by Sylvia's Financial, the company that offers customized risk management solutions for your farming operation. Sylvia's Financial integrates crop insurance with government programs and grain and cattle marketing to achieve profitability for your farm. And now, here is your host, Damian Mason. Well, greetings and welcome to another fantastic episode of Extreme Ash Cutting the Curve. I'm convinced that a lot of people in production agriculture still struggle with all of the different aspects of commodity marketing, which is why we have specialists like my friend Sean and Bryce from Sylvius on here to help us. Sylvius is a company that combines their expertise in crop insurance, crop marketing, and government programs to help your farm be more successful. We also are joined by Lane Miles. Lane is the son of Matt Miles, one of the five founders of Extreme Ag out of McGee, Arkansas. We're going to talk about puts and calls. Explain. What are they? How do you use them? How do you not use them? How can you use them for maximum benefit? When should you use them? When you should not use them, etc. Puts and calls explain simplifying a strategy for your marketing success. Lane, <clears throat> you're about 30 something. You're a farm guy. You've been around this your whole 30 life. 30 something? How good do you know me, Damien? Okay. You're, you're, your point is you've been around this your whole life. How old are you? 20, I'll be 28 in like 10 days. Okay. I said about 30, 28. <laughs> You've been around this your whole life. You've been working, you went to college and you came back and started, you know, working for the farm. Admit it. A lot of this commodity marketing stuff is not your strength. It's not in your wheelhouse and you, you still are confused by it. That's why you work with Sylvia's Financial. What, what, when I say puts and calls, do you know what they are? I actually, I, I do know what they are, uh, but it's, it's taking some time definitely to uh, to get to knowing where I'm at. Uh, I had a I had a class in school and talk, you know, talked about it a little bit. You know, you kind of more or less get confused because you just you, you know terminology, but you don't know what it means. Uh, <clears throat> so so dig this. Most farm people, you know, our people here at Extreme Ag, I'm sure a bunch of them, they love what we're doing, our practices and our products and our trials and all the cool stuff we're doing. But we bring on Sylvia uh, at least once a month to talk about the business side of it. It's yeah. critically important, but I'm going to admit it. I told this to Sean and Bryce before. I have a degree in agricultural economics and I don't understand commodity marketing. I don't do it. All right. <clears throat> Bryce Goose, Sean Finley. Start here at the beginning. I know you're going to quickly get over our heads, but we're going to try and always keep bringing it down, simplifying this. What is a put and what is a call? And they are some form of option. Start at the beginning. Sean, you're usually better at this than Bryce. I mean, he just starts going way overboard and, and confusing the, the, the customer. You want the textbook definition or one that we would use for a farmer? Give me both. Farmer. Farmer. Uh, I'll start with textbook first. Um, the textbook's definition of a put is the right to sell an asset at the strike price, but not the obligation to. And on the opposite side, a call option would be the right to buy the underlying asset at that strike price, but not the obligation to. So, you know, kind of how we would spin that to you, 
um, lane is, you know, if you're, if you're producing corn and let's just assume corn's at $7 for easy numbers. If you buy a $7 put, you spend the option premium for that right to put your floor at $7, but you don't a have put, to sell. A put, a put is the right to sell a quantity of commodity at a certain price and it's at, also at a certain time, correct? Correct. All options have an expiration period. And, and at any amount of quantity I want. As long as it's just the contract size of the, the same futures contract. So, you know, if you just have more bushels to sell, you just add more contracts, correct? Okay. And how big is the contract? 5,000 bushels. There we go. So corn and beans and, and 50,000 pounds for cotton for one contract. All right. So a put is the right to sell a quantity of commodity at a certain time for a certain price, right? Correct. Okay. And a call is? The right to buy. Just the, the right opposite. To buy a certain amount of quantity of commodity at a certain time for a certain price. Okay. What would <clears throat> somebody like Lane then, uh, he's, is he going to use a put? Is he going to use this option, a put option uh, in his farming operation? Hey, Damien, you know something funny? I've used more puts and calls this year than I ever have, and I still don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I know Bryce is doing it right. <laughs> so, Bryce, you're, you're the one that works with Lane. Talk, talk about it. They know production. He's really good at production. Uh, we're still coming along on this. What, does he, what do you do for them? Tell us how it works. Well, as of right now, they, I mean, through harvest, if you're majority of the way sold, you're, you're not really as worried about your downside risk. So you wouldn't want to buy puts at this point in time if you are more heavily sold because you aren't really worried about the downside at this point in time because you have forward sold your corn, beans, whatever you're marketing. Now, on the other hand, say, hey, I'm not worried about storing anything. I want to sell it all straight out of the field. But we've been hearing this yield number get tossed back and forth. I want some of that upside opportunity if we do see a rally post-harvest. That's where you'd want to buy a call option because a call option gives you upside where a put gives you a floor to protect your downside. All right. Well, <clears throat> here's the big question. Lane's a producer. Lane produces commodities. Why would he want to call when that's the right to buy? Why would he be in the interest? Why would he be buying? He's only interested in selling, correct? Because he's already sold the crop and he thinks that there might be a chance that the market could go higher. Okay. How much is he going to pay for that? So he's, he's already sold his stuff. You've already got all the stuff sold. But then you said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to get all your stuff sold. But we're also going to do this call option. Tell us how that works. So it depends. So like for Sean... I guess I'll use what we kind of finished on the March contract right now, March 23, we close at around 670. So if you wanted to buy like an at the money, we call it. So at a call option at 670, roughly, I don't know what that would cost, probably 45, 50 cents around currently just to buy a straight up call option. But I know we've talked about in the past, we get into these spreads, we call them a call spread, where if you wanted to buy a 670 call, which is right where we're at today, but sell, say, a 770 call above it, you're paying for $1 of upside protection for less money because you are collecting the money from the higher call that you sold. Okay. So you're not 
getting as much penny for penny of the upside, but it is making it cheaper for you to buy that option. And how much is he paying for this? Um, I'd have to look. I mean, 50 cents probably for the 670, and you might collect how much do you think, Sean? 20 cents for 15 to 20? Probably so, 15 to 20, yeah. So effectively so, 35, 30 to 35. Yeah. For a dollar of upside. Okay. So <clears throat> if it doesn't ever happen, then he's still out the money. He's out 35 cents. Yep. Correct. Okay. Lane, <clears throat> there you are. And you're and you're you're doing this stuff and it's still a little, it's still a little over our head. What have you what have you learned so far? Well, basically that I can it, to me, I'm I like puts more than I like calls because I understand them a little bit better. And I like knowing that, you know, if I say, okay, I'm buying X amount of bushels worth of puts that I've set a floor and I know that I'm getting that for my crop. Right. That, that's kind of a safety net. The the call options, and especially when he gets into talking about costs and spreads and stuff, it still gets a little bit confusing for me. Uh, I understand, you know, you know, as far as like, sell your crop and trying to buy it back and basically what you're doing is is losing the physical asset and buying the right to to reown it i guess as well sure all right here's the big question is it making you money well yeah i mean it's made some for yeah <laughs> i mean we i mean I, i'm not gonna lie we've had one that that didn't make money but i mean all honesty rice does a pretty good job Bryce, when people come to you and then they say, "Hey, man, I, I'm 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 really not good at this. Your, this is your job. What do you tell them? How do you start them off?" Saying that we aren't market guessers because no one knows where the market is actually going. So, like what Lane said, it's making everyone feel comfortable. Hey, if I yes, there is a chance that corn could go to six dollars. Do we want to see that happen? No, but can we kind of minimize some of that risk? with through options to make it make you feel safe and make you be able to sleep at night. I mean, with the amount of risk that farmers have these days, it's hard to go out there and not forward sell or not use some kind of option to protect your assets. Understood completely. So then that next one is, okay, so somebody comes in and they say, man, I tell you what, I've never been comfortable with any of this. Um, I just go to the co-op or go to the, my place, the, the grain elevator, and uh, they they help me out. They buy my stuff, and it's all sold. Do they need you? Do they need these? Do do we need these things? I mean, for us, too, I know Lane can attest to it, is we show you what this trade is doing to your on-farm profitability. We're not just giving you a blanket recommendation and not showing you what the effect of that position is where he's like, well, if we look at selling 25,000 bushels and corn goes up to 750, how much do I lose on those bushels by doing that? We are painting that picture for them so they are comfortable before they pull the trigger and do it. Got it. Okay, so <clears throat> uh, the point is he, he buys a put, uh, the right to sell the half his crop, whatever the crop is for a certain amount of price. And then you also then you've already done that just so you're guaranteed that you also do the call uh, to protect for upside. Correct. I mean, depends on the time. I mean, you're not going to buy a put and buy a call at the same time. Usually you're either trying to protect your downside or you're trying to protect your upside one or the other typically. All right. And Sean, one thing, Damien, that's pretty cool to me, you know, for the guy that doesn't understand it is, you know, we can talk about it all day long, 
and the more you talk about it, the more it tends to go over your head. One thing that Sylvius does is they, they put it into a grid and what Bryce was talking about, seeing your profitability on your farm, basically to, to, the, to the dumb guy like me, if it's in the green, it's good. If it's in the red, you know, it's bad. It shows you your, your upside risk in the green, your downside risk in the good. In the red, you know, you're good to bad. <clears throat> Sean, is there any reason? Is there is there any reason not to do this? Uh, there's there there's definitely a time and a place for them. Um, you know, a lot of what we look at with options with guys, um, and you know, you, you know, you see in this firsthand lane, you know, kind of having the underlying asset with them is you want the market to be moving enough in relation to how much the option costs. You know, when Bryce says, oh, you know, your, call, your put option is 45 cents, you know, where corn seems like it's going up 10 or 20 cents every day, you know, you can probably justify that a little bit more because you're like, hey, a week's worth of action covers that move. But if this same option costs 45 cents and we are moving one to two cents a day, you're like, no, that's, that's right. way too much given for how much the market's moving. So, you know, the terms volatility and that's kind of how options are priced. But, you know, there's definitely a time and a place for a Damien. It's been about a year for you, Lane. Uh, and are you going now to your old man saying, hey, why weren't we doing this before? Um, Not really, because he, you know, he, and he'll tell you, he, which he, he's done a really good job. He's, he's kind of our marketing guy, but he's, he's still learning some of this stuff. I mean, and he's been farming, what, 25, 30 years? I mean, he's still learning. I mean, so it's, it's definitely something where these guys do it every day. For us that, you know, as farmers have to wear a hundred different hats, you learn pieces of it. And so, you know, him still learning today. You sell stuff. If I if I wanted to sell stuff, I can go and probably get a contract with one of the grain processors right around here, one of the ethanol plants or whatever. Uh, I can just go and sell directly to them and I can uh, not do any of these protections. Only thing I'm doing then is I may be selling it. Uh, you, Bryce, you would say, hey, you know what? Instead of doing that, <clears throat> you might be leaving money on the table. Really, that's what we're talking about, right? Yeah, and I just like what Sean said, there's a time and a place where I know, like Lane and Matt's situation down there in Arkansas, I mean, they get in the field a little bit early, so they have a large positive basis for a window of time. So they're trying to take advantage of that too, where, okay, I we want to sell this now because the basis is so attractive, even if the price is lower. So therefore they can go in, they can go ahead and capitalize that, sell the cash grain. And then if we go higher, then that's where we look at doing call spreads. So that's kind of where Sean's saying there's a time and a place where you might not think that you're getting the best futures price for your grain, but the basis is so attractive, you are taking advantage of that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a great example right there. So he, he's saying, hey, man, we're getting our stuff off early and people need corn because it's, you know, it's August and we can do that here in the Delta region of Arkansas. So he can go out and sell. Then what protection does he need if he's already sold stuff? Uh, he's already sold stuff above market price with a positive basis. Does he need any protections? That's where we go back to him. And be like, okay, is it worth spending twenty five cents for you to ch for a chance of you making another dollar, or are you happy with what you've made and that's it? I mean, that's where it's some guys want to go extra go after that extra seventy five dollar, or some guys are just happy with what they made for the year and they're done. You know, talking about what Bryce is saying, you know, if it costs you another another 25 cents, when corn was $4, 25 cents, this is going to sound bad, 25 cents meant more at $4 than it does at 6 So you've got a little bit more wiggle room to to try to capture a little bit more 
but also at six dollars, you're you're looking at two years ago it was four dollars. You you feel pretty good. Yeah. Well, that that was going to be what I was exactly going to say, Lane. Is um, you know, when we're kind of talking about this, you know, what Bryce is saying. Do you want more upside? You know, kind of as you're coming in through harvest, you know, with a positive basis in December of twenty one, futures ran from four dollars to almost seven. Mm -hmm. You know, in a very short window of time. You know, that is the kind of why people look at calls and call spreads is for that exact example you know when you're selling stuff out of the field but you want to make sure you're in those moves if they come that's right, All right. so let's just do that that scenario right there sean uh he, he you harvested and you sold four dollar corn and i'll be damned if it didn't go up to seven within a couple of months all right uh you say to, to capitalize on that what do i do what does lane do would buy a call when he sells his cash grain to the elevator. So he sells his $4 corn. There he is, has his money. And you, and you say, man, there's a chance this is going to run up. And then how did, what do I do then? So let's just um, assume that he spends, what, 20 cents, probably around $4. I would guess that cost maybe 20 cents. He spends 20 cents on a $4 call option. Price goes from four to seven. So that call option now becomes worth $3. And then when he decides to exit that option, he sells it. And then he just basically gets the difference of the money in his hedge accounts. It's the difference between $4 corn and $7 corn because he bought it. He bought the, bought the option to buy $4 corn, which is what he sold it for. He bought it to the option. And how long would you, would you want to put that out there? Uh, if he was doing it at harvest time, I would say probably he'd probably want to look at maybe a May call. So maybe get through the end of April. So it'd be about six months, seven months. Correct. Okay. And so I do all that. And then I'm on the phone with you and I'm saying, hey, we went from four to 450. I'm only in it for 20 cents. That means I can make 30 cents. So I just go ahead and do it there. I mean, obviously then you're, then you're guessing what where, where it ends, but when do you tell a person, you know what, you've got your money, you've got your money and then you doubled it. Where do you, where do you, uh, where do you, where do you, strike i would say kind of ultimately boils down to the individual client's risk tolerance um you know there's some guys that are going to be a lot more upset if they miss that run where some guys are much happier with the original four dollar sale you know so i think it's just kind of finding that blend of are you trying to capture the most out of this as you possibly can but you also run a much higher risk of it expiring worthless you know versus um you know, just looking at it more from a, a return number. <clears throat> you got to have money in the account for all this. So then there's the issue of um, some cash flow. Uh, if Lane puts 20 cents uh, on a whole bunch of bushels, that's money that's tied up between now and, and spring. And he might need that for input. So uh, there's a little bit of a decision to be made there too. Yes. Yeah. And then to counter that too, is where some guys going into harvest, they don't want to sell too much for tax purposes as well. We run into that all the time. So that's why that's when you're on the flip side and you're buying puts because you, you aren't selling your cash grain. Now you're waiting until after the first of the year for tax purposes. Mm -hmm. So you're worried about the downside. So you're buying puts instead of buying calls because you're worried about a price drop, not a price increase. So it just depends on what situation that you're looking in. Lane. Did you come up with a strategy? Do they take your input? How's this work? Bryce came along and said, you know what? You all work with me. I'm going to, I'm going to be better for your commodity marketing. And your response was. Oh, uh, you know, basically we said, well, let's try it out. And it's probably one of the best decisions we've made. We've actually got another guy that we were, we were using before Bryce and we still use, I mean, we just, cause you know, two, 
two opinions is or more than one opinion is never a bad thing. And uh, I can tell you, there's one person I listen to most, and that's Bryce. Okay, so uh, <clears throat> your your uh, advice to the person that's out here that says, "Hey, man, I I'm all about production. I'm into agronomy, but this stuff's a little bit overwhelming to me." What's your advice? Get an advisor. <laughs> I mean, seriously, get get an advisor. Get somebody. Get somebody like Sylvius, like Bryce and Sean that that know what they're doing. That that these guys look at this every day. They look at it all day, every day, which is the other part of this. If that was my job, I would I would have to be on some kind of prescription medication. If I had to sit and look at a computer screen every second of every day, and it was over three cent moves on, on a commodity markets, I think I would have to be on some kind of pills. What do you think, Bryce? I mean, that's why we get paid to do it. I mean, it's not <laughs> always three cent moves either. Lately, that's why you kind of get more people are paying attention when you start getting 10 to 20 cent moves like what we've seen this year though too i mean when we're singing we're seeing swing from 550 to 750 or down it starts getting people's attention because they're seeing their profit numbers fluctuate so much people are paying a closer attention to it we haven't really seen those two three cent moves very often this year it seems like at least <clears throat> is there a reason not to have to put in put to to use put options I mean, it gives you the right to sell at a, at a guaranteed price. Then you can go to your bank and you can say, I've got, I'm, I'm going to get 200 bushel corn. I got it all sold for six bucks. It's $1,200 an acre. Boom. I'm, I just, I already guaranteed, locked it in. Why wouldn't you do that? Because like what you said, you can get a lot of cash flow kind of tied into it as well. I mean, if you need money for inputs, you can't have a bunch of money tied up in your brokerage account or vice versa, where some people, that's what I mean, just go and sell the cash. And then you, you can hedge your crop in multiple different ways where we're not saying, oh, Lane, you go sell 100% of your crop in harvest and we're going to re-own all of that. That's not what we're saying. Go ahead and sell what you want to sell and say if you want upside on 20%, you use options. We're not saying that, you're, that you need to hedge your 100% of your crop using puts and calls. Like that's not typically how it works. But I can lock in a price. I can lock in, I can sell bushels without buying a put. I can, I, I mean, I can, right. right. I can go down to the ethanol plant and say, I'm going to bring you corn in January for this amount. And then they say, great. No, it's a contract, right? Yep. Okay. Do you do that lane? Because then you'd say, what, why do you, why do you need to put? Well, yeah, I do that. Uh, you know, we, we definitely sell, sell the elevator, sell, you know, sell the different chicken feed meals, whatever. Uh, but it's still it's still a way to like Bryce said you've got twenty percent of your your crop that you're you're setting a floor to or you're buying back or you know it's 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 able to do do something different with other parts of your crop and you're doing it at different increments too you're not going to go out and price seventy five percent of your crop on on one day say right. okay I'm going to sell. 10% today and maybe a month later we go a little bit higher. Okay. Maybe instead of selling that cash, I'll just buy a few puts to set a floor there instead of committing the bushels. Cause who knows, you might not know what yield is looking like either. Yeah. Cause a lot so of times like you don't want to get oversold. So it just kind of depends on, on the time of year and how much risk you want on the table. Well, you're talking like uh, uh, spring, you know, early. So by now he's already done. So uh, now what's the person do? He's finished. He's in Arkansas. It's, it's September 26th. When we're recording this, he's done. Now what? He's saying, okay, we've just sold off, what, 20 cents in a couple of days. Okay, where is my opportunity if I'm 100% sold to maybe get back in the market on, 
on some upside on some of my bushels that I do have sold. <clears throat> Meaning buy, buying the cheap stuff now that we've gone, now we're right. seeing that. Sean, do you think most of your clients really understand all this? Or do you think that they just ask you to explain it to them and they say, okay, and they nod, and then you do the, you make the decisions? I would say a fair amount of them understand the difference between a put and a call. You know, and, the, and you know, once you get into the spreads and, you know, that's where, you know, like Lane said, you, you wear a different hat and you, it makes sense when you're in the discussion. But then once it's over, it kind of glosses over. Mm-hmm. So I think most of them understand the difference between a put and a call. It's just kind of finding the right time to implement them and feeling comfortable enough with that. Most yeah, I mean, I, I it's pretty easy. You gave us the definition, the farmer definition, as well as the textbook definition. That part's the easy part. Then it's the issue of utilizing them and and utilizing them to make it make sense. How many of how many do you think I, I don't know the answer to this? How many of our farms uh, don't even do this? How many farms do do it? Is it half, two thirds? I don't know. I think more and more are doing it because, like what we said, I mean, we're not just talking small little farms anymore. We're talking big operations like this is like a full-fledged company that we're trying to run so there's more risk involved than back in the day or i mean it's becoming the norm not not to trade future not to trade options but to have some kind of risk management strategy going into harvest or your other times of the year what about mistakes what, what kind of mistakes do you see lane have you made any mistakes mistakes when it comes to doing this Oh yeah. Uh, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. Anytime you, uh, anytime you decide to actually market your grain, you're probably going to make a mistake because this year, this year, especially, you know, you'll say, okay, well let's, let's lock in a few bushels and you lock it in. What's well, going to go up 50 cents the next day, <laughs> but you can't look at it like that. Uh, it could have just as easy to drop. So, I mean, you, you, you want to call that a mistake whenever it goes up, but right. you got to be happy with, with the decision you made. Yeah, yeah, right. It looks like a mistake, but remember it's the old thing, hindsight's twenty twenty. What about you guys, Bryce and Sean? I would say what Lane described is probably the biggest mistake that I see is when guys actually do pull the trigger on a sale and then it, you know, shoots up higher the day or two after. That's when most people jump to buy a call because they, you know, it's the FOMO. They feel like they missed out on it. Yep. And usually that's kind of the worst time to make that move. And it just kind of amps up the emotional pressure of the whole decision. So what should you do then the, the moment you sell? Just not look at the not not look at your phone for the next couple of weeks because it's going to make you you know make you all upset. Or should you do something at time of sale? I, I would say at time of sale, kind of run through the exercise. Do I want upside on these or do I not? And just kind of make peace with that decision there. All right. So and then you say, okay, I'm 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 pulling the trigger. I'm selling it, but I'm also going to give myself protection. So I'm going to go ahead and put. I'm going to purchase a call option for the right to buy at this price. Uh, within the next six months correct yeah uh <clears throat> you had good stories for me bryce anecdotes anything like that you tell me you know give me a story like a guy turned into a multi-billionaire because he worked with me just go ahead and tell me one of those stories Ooh, you know, yeah i can say that but you don't have you don't have any um, of those for us no but i mean i feel like just like what lane was saying i mean there's a lot of emotions running through especially when you just make like a fifty thousand bushel corn sale and we have a report the next day and we're up 30 cents i mean it's so easy to kick yourself and it's just like i know kelly has talked on some of these podcasts too where he's like i'm not trying to hit the high on every single one of my sales but as long as i'm average or in that two-third where i'm above average than everyone else then that's where i'm happy like you're not going to guess the high every single time it's not going to happen if you did you probably wouldn't be farming because you could just be a commodity broker 
I mean, and, that's and that's just... kind of what I would say with options. You know, you are not trying to catch the 10% of the move. You're trying to knock out the worst half of outcomes. You yeah, know, right. if you're buying puts, you're trying to eliminate the big move down. Or if you're buying a call option, you're trying to protect the $3 corn run that we had yeah. at the end of 20. Yeah, I mean, it's neat to it's neat to say that we're going to guarantee that you're always going to hit hit the highs or you know miss the lows or whatever. But the reality is, you're just you're you're building in, uh, you're building in your margin of error. There you go. Is there anything we didn't cover about all this? I don't think so. I mean, just for terminology, put protects your downside, call protects your upside, and just kind of depends on what situation that you're in in that time of the year whether what side of the coin you want to be on. And like what Sean says, there's a right time and a place to do it. I mean, going into harvest seasonally, you don't really want to be long calls or own upside because seasonally with the harvest pressure, we tend to sell off. So that means you want downside protection. I mean, just knowing the, the seasonalities on when we, what typically we should be doing in the markets Granted, we've had different news stories and stuff, but past couple of days, we're starting to see some harvest pressure and we've gone down lower. Now, I'm not going to say we're going to keep doing that, but just kind of know where, where you're at in the seasonality of it. All right, we're going to let Lane have the last word because he's, after all, the extreme ag guy. Uh, you already gave your recommendations or anything else there, Lane, that we need to make sure that people understand about this. You're, never going, you're not going to understand it all at once. You're not going to understand it even from taking the class. You're going to learn it by doing it, right? Yep, that's right. You uh uh, experience is everything. You're going to lose some, you're going to win some. <laughs> you're glad you're doing it though, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, like you said, you're, you're the proofs in the pudding, you're seeing actual results and also you, you're, you're running it as a business, which more, more organizations obviously have to, as Bryce pointed out. My name is Damian Mason. That's uh, Sean Finley. And that is Bryce Goose. They're joined by Lane Miles of Miles Farms, McGee, Arkansas. Please share this with somebody that can benefit from this because every month the guys from Sylvia's come on and we talk about issues that relates to commodity marketing. We're going to be covering more stuff uh, on these very topics as we move forward. And we know sometimes it may be not the sexiest topic. I know farm people like to talk about machinery and yield, but guess what? You're running a business. Farms are businesses. If you want to run like a business, act like a business. And if you want to act like a business, you do what we're talking about here with Sylvia's Financial. They combine crop insurance with commodity marketing, along with navigation of government programs. That's their expertise. If they, if you want to find out more, look up Sylvia's Financial at Sylvia'sFinancial.com, or we're on the main social medias: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the above. No TikTok videos, though. I don't think. No. Sylvia'sFinancial.com. Check them out there. Sean, Bryce, Lane, thanks so much for being here. Till next time, it's Damian Mason with Extreme Ag. That's a wrap for this edition of Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, brought to you by Sylvia's Financial. Sylvia's advisors show business-minded farmers how to integrate government programs with crop insurance, as well as crop and cattle marketing to achieve positive financial outcomes. Learn more at sylviasfinancial.com.